The Growing Destinations podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Learn more about Minnesota's third largest city, which is home to Mayo Clinic and features wonderful recreational and entertainment opportunities by visiting experiencerochestermn.com. I have such a deep feeling that as time goes by, as the winter, the spring comes by, summer, we're going to see such a huge flock of people just wanting to get back to normalcy, right? And what is normal? Well, you got to be ready for that too, you know, and I see it every day for us, you know, we're ready for the takeout. We're ready for the frozen. We're ready to provide something at the grocery store. So you have to be ready because if one of them doesn't work, the other three or four will work. Welcome to the Growing Destinations Podcast, where we take a deep dive into destination development and focus on a wide range of topics, from tourism and entertainment to economic development and entrepreneurism and much more. I'm your host, Bill Von Bank. He's been described as the immigrant pizza king of Rochester, and his pizza business has proven pandemic-proof. His name is Pasquale Preza, and he's the namesake owner and operator of Pasquale's Neighborhood Pizzeria in Rochester, Minnesota. Since the start of the coronavirus pandemic and his ability to pivot quickly, Pasquale's business has flourished and diversified. Today you'll meet Pasquale and understand why he's living the American dream. Pasquale Preza, welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast. Well, thank you, Bill. We appreciate it. It's an honor to be back. Pasquale, you've had a successful career as an executive chef traveling the globe. You were recruited to Rochester, Minnesota by a hotel group in 2010. And in 2017, you opened a pizzeria, aptly called Pasquale's Neighborhood Pizzeria. What led you down the path of restaurant ownership? As a young boy, when I worked for an Italian family in New York, um, I always enjoyed watching them grow and, and, you know, being successful. And it really stuck with me that I want to do it. One day, maybe I'll do it. But if you hear, I was always a little bit hesitant, scared, not confident. And um, I went down the path of hotels to build that confidence, that self-reassurance, understanding what and how they do things. So if one day I did open up my own place, at least I have a little toolbox to kind of go through some of the tools I learned along the way. You're an accomplished chef, graduate of the Culinary Institute of America in New York. And again, traveling the globe, did you get tired of it? Yes. I actually got tired of, you know, realizing that you can cook the best meal in the world. And you're only limiting yourself to a small audience. So from what I was born, where I was born, how we were taught to be in a small town, small village, taking care of people, uh, families, cousins, I realized that we didn't have to cook the best meal in the world. We had to be involved in the community and cook a great meal. Whether it was pizza, whether it was pasta, whether it was using olive oil, making tomato sauce. So I actually got tired of cooking such refined foods for this wealthiest of the wealthiest. And some of them didn't even know how to hold a fork and knife. So I said, you know, I want to get back to my roots. And that's where I had the courage to listen to my wife and say, should we open up a pizza shop? And she said, let's do it. So that was the courage. Yeah. 
in 2017, you opened. Tell us the early days of, of running a pizza shop. Well, let me tell you, it was very stressful. Of course, I didn't want to let, you know, our family down. I didn't want to let friends down. I didn't want to let the community down. And I was always working seven days a week. You know, I put my family aside, my kids aside, so many things aside, because I just wanted to make it work. And um, it was one of the toughest tasks I've ever had to accomplish because there was so much on my shoulders and, you know, training people, helping people, service, customer service, hospitality, being involved in the community, marketing, accounting, all of the things that were all new and some that I'd learned, but it was really, really hard. Pasquale, you are uh, running yourself ragged with this business. At the same time, you're starting to get some clientele and getting success. Rochester, Minnesota, home to Mayo Clinic. So obviously visitors from other cities, other states, other countries. Talk us through, you know, how you managed this new brick and mortar building, the growing success of it, and the stress of being a business owner. I started really, really loving it more and more that the fear was overtaken by the joy of putting smiles on people's faces, being involved in the community more, helping others. So it almost lessened the, the, the tension because now business is starting to come in. At the same time, we started noticing in Italy where the pandemic hit and the other countries started seeing it, obviously China. And all of a sudden, you know, things started to evolve in our own investment. So I had three partners and I realized that the partnership wasn't working out as well as we wanted to. So right as the pandemic started coming closer here to the States, I met a, um, uh, an SBA officer, a loan officer that I wanted to find out how can I qualify to buy them out. So I bought out my partners and it was a tough, stressful time, but it was almost like a, um, uh, uh, an awakening for me that I, again, felt free to be able to think, what could I do? How can I survive? How can I last? How can I withstand this whole, you know, unforeseen thing that businesses were closing all over the place? So on March 17th of 2020 is when our loan went through and I was on my own. And all of a sudden I had a fire in me that no matter what, I was not going to give up. You closed on your loan to be sole owner of your business. And then you also had to shut down because of the coronavirus pandemic. Talk about stress. Oh man, let me tell you, I was so worried and scared. The good thing about it was that, you know, we could not have any sit down, but we had to pivot and do all takeout. So fortunately we had a lot of pizza boxes. We had a lot of, um, you know, food that we can hold in order to make pizzas, you know, and uh, flour can stay, tomatoes can stay, cheese can stay. So all of a sudden I realized I have something here that I could provide um, that comfort, the food, because people also were scrambling. They didn't know what to do. So I ordered pallets of everything because <laughs> I was like, we're going to survive here, you know, and uh, sure enough, we realized and we, we understood what was the best avenue to go down to provide that exceptional service, exceptional product, making people feel comfortable at the same time. So we set up our processes and you know what? It, 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 came, it came out really good at the end. And no furloughs or layoffs. 
no furloughs, no layoffs. Um, you know, some of the high school kids obviously could not work because we didn't have any sit down. But all of our staff was there. We worked hard. And then from there, we realized what are some avenues that we can take? What are some um, some new things that we can do? And that's when we were approached by Hy-Vee, a supermarket chain that um, wanted to utilize our pizza, our frozen pizzas. And sure enough, we started making frozen pizzas. Why did they come to you? Well, you know, one um, is because they they saw the success of how our quality was being received in the community. So they wanted to utilize that. They wanted to, to pair up with local, you know, local foods, local vendors. And sure enough, here we are uh, putting it in one store. And before I know it, it started growing throughout Rochester. For pizza? For only frozen pizza. Frozen pizza, which was typically not your game plan. It was not my game plan. An executive chef, Italian-born, Italian-raised at the Culinary Institute of America, we don't think about frozen pizzas. We think about the best fresh pizzas coming out or fresh product coming out. This is a Hy-Vee store in Rochester, Minnesota, and it's actually part of a chain of grocery stores based in uh, Des Moines, 275 retail stores in eight Midwestern states, several in Rochester, Minnesota. So you started in Southern Minnesota working with these Hy-Vee grocery stores to provide them frozen pizzas because were they just running out? Yeah. So a lot of the shelves started, you know, um, being low or empty. So everyone was reacting, you know, the logistics and the food chain and shortage. So I had an opportunity to be a filler a filler at an end cap where now I was providing that exceptional product right at the customer's eye. This opportunity has really changed your business working with Hy-Vee. Let's pull back the curtain a bit and talk about the early days of how this relationship started and where it's heading. You know, I always talk about those emotional connections with people and throughout my entire life, even as a young boy in Italy, you connect with people that sometimes you know are a special and um, so I, I, I met, you know, Brett Peterson from Hy-Vee South, and he was the director. In Rochester, in Minnesota. In Rochester, Minnesota. He is the purchasing director there of Hy-Vee. And uh, we started having that relationship. And sure enough, I said, you know, I want to meet someone in the corporate office that I can have a relationship with and ask questions. Build that relationship of what can I do? Teach me. And sure enough, he gave me a name, Tyler Waltz. And I got to tell you, he has changed my life. One, again, that emotional connection with people that can see that you mean good, you want to do good, you want to do the best. And um, I reached out to him. And uh, ever since, to date, you know, we communicate. He's teaching me. They're teaching me what to do, what to look for, how to be different, better, and special, and unique. So that's where we're heading down is to grow our brand. And more than just frozen pizza. Yeah. I mean, right now, as a matter of fact, they just backhauled. I'm learning all these words. <laughs> yeah. They backhauled 314 cases to put our olive oil from our family, from fields that when I was a young kid, I used to walk around, jump around, throw rocks, climb on trees, break branches, that we are now bringing that olive oil here to nine different states. Okay, so let's back up here. So you, your family from Italy has olive orchards. Yes. And you have now a brand of olive oil with your family in Italy that you are now importing to the United States and you're working with Hy-Vee to get into all of their stores. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and it is a wow moment because, you know, I never 
would imagine. How do I go about this? So I started learning. I looked online how to obtain an import license, how to obtain a USDA license, a permit, and all the certifications to do things right. So um, we opened up a, uh, a Midwest, it's called Pasquale's Midwest Italian Imports. So we are bringing in our family's olive oil. This is five generation of pure quality. Then now here I am bringing it to America 42 years later. It's crazy. So it's not only olive oil. Now they're also recognizing that we are bringing the top quality from our region of Puglia. So we're starting bringing more than olive oil tomatoes well we're gonna have our own pizza sauce we're gonna have our pasta that is made in body altamura body that is well known for the best grain in the world we're bringing jars of marmalade we're bringing jars of like condiments with sun-dried tomatoes cerignola olives that are are known in the world from my region of italy so i go back i went to the culinary institute of america I learned all about some of the best products that come from Puglia region, and now I'm able to bring it all back here to share with everyone. Can you get all of that right now in your restaurant? So right now, you can get our olive oil, our pastas, and our pizza sauce, marinara sauce, tomato basil sauce. Pretty soon, we actually have a container out in sea that will arrive with more products. And these are the surprise products that we're bringing in to stores. And that's the relationship that's allowing me to bring small amounts into the local IVs, into our restaurant, into our marketplace, that all of a sudden, as soon as you open it and you taste it, you can pure taste the flavor. I want to read a headline from a feature that the Minneapolis Star Tribune wrote about you um, in 2021. The headline says, Pesquale Preza, the immigrant pizza king of Rochester, proves pandemic proof. What's your reaction to a headline like that, given all you've been through in the last two years? I got to tell you, it's a pretty powerful word there. And um, it was all, I, I look at it and I, f- I reflect and I say, wow, it was that moment of when, um, you know, the transition of me becoming my own person in the restaurant, all on my shoulders, and really living the American dream of what could I do to survive, dig deep, and be able to 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 come out um, at the other side where we know that we are providing something special and unique to people. And at the same time, it's um it's so rewarding to also make our family proud, my parents proud, my brothers proud, my hometown proud, you know, that um we're able to expand out of this small little six thousand people resident in our village. You now have a growing enterprise. What's the growth plan moving forward? Well, you know, I got to tell you, um, I dream, dream big. And um, it's always great to dream big, but you got to work hard for it. And right now, my goal is to really partner so well with the supermarket chains, showcase the product. Also, we're partnering with wholesale companies that want our product to be out there for other restaurants, other areas. So we're working with a few big wholesalers that are willing to bring in our line and allow me to go around with them to showcase the products. Do you have any confirm that you can share? Well, so right now we're working with hy V, like we talk about, and um, we are working with a company in Chicago called Greco & Sons. And the owner, Eddie, is a very good friend of mine that we've met. And um, he's helping me grow my personal line, my private label line. And these relationships all come about of me asking, 
I need help. How do I do this? What do you suggest? What do you recommend? You know? And um, if people, you know, build that trust with you, they're able to share with you. And I always look up for more mentors and mentors to learn from. Last year we chatted and you were mentioning the growth of the frozen pizza line at that point before the other line started. You specifically talked about grande cheese and how you had to convince them that this was the right approach, that their cheese would taste good on a frozen pizza. And tell me more about that. Yeah, you know, we talk about it every day. As a matter of fact, a few days ago, I was talking to a very good friend of mine that works for Grande Cheese. And I said, Russ, can you believe how we had to go about bringing that number one brand on a frozen pizza. He's like, Pasquale, I know, don't (laughs) remind me. Well, it's so true. And you know what? What I learned from that is that you have to be willing to stand for what is right. And if you want to make an exceptional product, regardless of what it is, and sometimes there's barriers, you got to go attack those barriers. And when by me, you know, reaching out to Grande Cheese and saying, we want, I want to put this product. It's my brand. It's my, you know, what I believe in. And it's important to share that with people. It was big. It was a big success. And you know what? We are going to bring that frozen pizzas. And my goal is with the supermarket chains to bring it all around the Midwest. We're going to be the best cheese in that frozen section. You want the best? We got the best. Since you started selling frozen pizzas, and I think that was, what, around May of 2020? Yes. How many have you sold? We probably, right now, I can tell you, really close, uh, over 125,000 frozen pizzas. Wow. It's just incredible. Pasquale, given your growth, you're no longer just a pizza place. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, it's great to see that we're not just a pizza place. We're becoming a wholesale a marketplace, a retail place that we can share those exceptional ingredients with so many, so many people around the, you know, around the Midwest. And, you know, food is a interesting dynamic. When you look at ingredients, there's so much to tell. A lot of people are not looking at those ingredients. So now as a culinarian, I want to educate people more and more on the importance of clean label unique products that are fresh, that we are feeding our bodies, our souls with good food, not just stuff that's not good for us. From a wholesale standpoint, and please help me understand this better, will the product be labeled Pasquale's or will it vary? All the product line will be labeled Pasquale's and Chef Pasquale's. And your face on it? Well, (laughs) my twin brother that's better looking than me. (laughs) You successfully pivoted and your business is thriving, no question, but the hospitality industry in general is not and has been devastated by the pandemic. In your view, what needs to happen so the industry can recover and thrive? You know, I got to tell you, the hospitality industry is really the foundation of a lot of great cities, small towns that showcase, you know, their specialty products, right? What I've learned in my lifetime here as an executive chef, working for hotels, working for the best resorts, working for a pizza shop, you cannot limit yourself to one thing. You have to be able to pivot and look deep and see what, what, what is the need? What can you do? How can you, you turn your model into something different? Diversify. Diversify. 
Yeah, because, you know, for me, you look at it, you know, I was an executive chef. I worked in Kauai. I worked at St. Regis. I worked at the Westons. You know, some of the best brands out there, right? You can still provide that best brand touch even through a pizza. So no matter what you do in the hospitality field, you have to dig deep and really, really be ready to provide something unique for what you do. You can have the best steakhouse, but now you have to be able to diversify and say, what could I do in these times? What is different? Because you know what? It's going to take a while for people to build that confidence to go back out and dine like we used to dine. So we have to be able to be um, and be able to diversify, be able to um, you know pivot, be able to look and say, okay, I need to change. It's not about me. It's about how can I keep those doors open and always provide the best. As we were chatting earlier, before we started recording, we were talking about pent-up demand that people have to get out and do things. And you definitely see it in your restaurant right now. Yeah, I got to tell you, this past weekend, we were so busy. And our staff was like, is, is there a pandemic going on? <laughs> so um, we talk about this, but I got to tell you, I have such a deep feeling that as time goes by, as the winter, the spring comes by, summer, we're going to see such a huge flock of people just wanting to get back to normalcy, right? And what is normal? Well, you got to be ready for that too, you know? And I see it every day for us, you know, we're ready for the takeout. We're ready for the frozen. We're ready to provide something at the grocery store. So you have to be ready because if one of them doesn't work, the other three or four will work. You and your family moved to America from Italy when you were a young boy to chase the American dream. What does the American dream mean to you? You know, that is a, a, an emotional touch for me because the American dream is exactly what I'm living right now. It's um, hard work, dedication, success, being able to not worry about how am I going to afford a pair of shoes how am I going to afford to pay our mortgage or our rent? We're always cautious about it, but you know, it's such a, a cleansing feeling to know that you're able to make choices, smart choices that can impact a lot more, not only yourself, but also others, you know? Annually, you give approximately $100,000 in product back to the community to support many charities. That's a big commitment. You know, it is, and um, I got to tell you, we are able to do that because we serve a product that it's pretty flexible. You know, it's bread, it's tomato, it's pizza. So we're able to do that. And um, we love to be able to share that bread, just like our hometown. We give to local charities. We give to the homeless shelters. We give to uh, so many groups, to high schools, to elementary schools, because it's always part of us, within us, to always be able to give. It feels good to be able to give. You know, for many years, as we were raising our family, as I was here on my own, I was 18, 19 years old. It was hard for me to give. Like, I had to work hard. There were nights I'd sleep in my car. You know, when I was going to the Culinary Institute of America, I'd be traveling down to New York City, coming back home uh, to my dorm. And, you know, I was exhausted. I was scared. How am I going to pay my car payment? But now, I got to tell you, it feels good to be able to um to give back you know and uh, and be part of such a pillar in the community that we live in this is such a great amazing community 
We talked uh, earlier about a, a, a feature in the Minneapolis Star Tribune in the headline I, re- I read. I just want to read a comment from somebody who read that article. This guy's food got us through a couple of long nights during our daughter's cancer treatment. It was one of the few things that let us remember what a normal life was. Hats off to him and his great grub. Yeah. You know, um, it's touching because so many people walk through those doors that are from all over the place and they're here to search for uh, answers, help their kids or help their loved ones. And we want everyone that walked through those doors to be part of our family, to feel what normal feels again. And that's what we recognize in our restaurant. We're the neighborhood place where people come and feel that we're in their home. They're in our home. They're in our living room. And they could get to smell just like their grandparents had or were making, their friends were making, their parents were making. The br- like, I just love hearing that all the time when they walk in like, wow, I love that smell. What excites you about the future? It's interesting because I talk to my kids and I talk to our staff and um, there's so many opportunities that are now opening up more and more. And again, it it allows me to feel safe. It allows me to feel secure that I'm able to do it very cautiously without making mistakes and also being able to grow bigger and bigger because it actually becomes fun. It becomes fun, you know, and you utilize your relationships around the country, around the world. Um, So it excites me that um, I just can't wait to see where we'll be in five years from now. You know, in 10 years from now, I'm just so excited to see that. Pascual Preza, thank you for sharing your story and congratulations on all your success. Well, thank you. It's an honor and I'm, I'm so thankful. Thank you for tuning in to the Growing Destinations podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Find out more about Rochester, Minnesota and its growing arts and culture scene, its international culinary flavors and award-winning craft beer by visiting experiencerochestermn.com.